talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. took a little bit longer today it's like computers thinking it was a little bit jumpy (laughs) good morning and welcome to fight club good morning welcome to fight club for business the show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing finances systems and culture we're a team of self-employed industry experts and we get to be joined this week by justin and daniel from growth hub thank you so much for joining us guys thank you for having us thank you Absolutely. It's going to be a fun show. So can you just give our listeners kind of a brief rundown of yourselves and Growth Hub? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll go first. Um, I got started in construction 20 years ago as a flooring installer and um, learned how to read a tape measure on the job. Moved up to become um, a foreman, a project manager, eventually, long story short, a vice president business development of a flooring company over five states. Um, and so uh, Justin came to me uh, couple, about a couple years ago and said, hey, man, I'd love for us to start a business consulting company. Um, and sometimes people think, like, what, what is that? Like, what's, what do you mean by consulting? Mm-hmm. And um, Justin actually has a, a really good paradigm to describe what we do. Um, but I'll, I'll let you kind of describe who you are, and then maybe you could talk about the five Ps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm Justin. Daniel and I have known each other as friends, and our, our families, our kids, our wives know each other for, I'd say, close to 20 years now. So yeah. we've been longtime friends, but uh, really excited for this partnership that we've developed in Growth Hub. My background is uh, started and worked within a, a window cleaning and pressure washing, frame, which Originally, was in, I'm in North Carolina, and it was originally just a one-location business, but we grew and expanded the business and became a franchise system that now uh, is in all over the Southeast United States. And I, so I'm currently still involved in that business. I own two of the franchises here in North Carolina, uh, but really had a whole history about 10 or 12 years in that company where a lot of my... Uh, involvement was developing the systems and kind of the infrastructure that was needed to help that business go from just a single location into a multi-location franchise system. Yeah. And so when we, um, when we thought about starting growth hub, we started to think about a small business owner having enough courage, uh, enough capital, Um, enough wherewithal to say, you know what, I'm going to start my own company. I'm going to do this for myself. And um, now there's kind of a small percentage that just kind of scales straight up. Right. And then um, there's a lot that get to a certain point and the business just has some complexity that um, the the business owner wasn't thinking about maybe, or it doesn't, didn't have the education um, to foresee and know how to deal with. And so maybe they were really good at, promotion and then really good at production. Um, but there's three core components to a business that we like to strengthen. You want 
hit those. Yeah. Areas. So really what Growth Hub was founded off of is this idea that business owners want to, most business owners want to grow their business, but they feel overwhelmed or they just feel stressed out a lot of times. And so we, our Growth Hub really focuses on the core of the business and we isolated it into three things, uh, profit, priorities, and people. So if you can organize those areas of the business, you're at a place as an owner or an operator of a business where all of a sudden you kind of get out of the chaos a little bit and start to really lead and, and oversee the business in a way that's not running you crazy. We've all kind of been there. I've been there. Daniel's been there where, you know, you can't, you feel like you can't take a weekend off because the phone's ringing and all that kind of stuff. So that's really, we've lived that. We've been there in our heart and our really our mission is to help business owners get out of that really overwhelmed and stuck place. A lot of times that business owners find themselves. Wow. This is, I, I don't know about you ladies, but I'm excited. That was like super inspirational and just like, I'm, I kind of want to just jump in and start asking questions, but I know we have to keep introducing ourselves. <laughs> so I appreciate you guys taking that time to let our listeners know exactly who you are and who growth hub is. And we're excited to dive into that more. Um, for those new listeners or returning listeners, my name is Taylor Maroney. I actually co-own a power washing company with my husband in South Florida. And my background comes from marketing. So that's really where I found my love. Um, the graph design, you know, social media, all those things that are involved with marketing is what I love to do. And when it comes to helping business owners, it's really looking at the numbers behind that and understanding kind of how those marketing numbers really impact the business and you can make decisions based upon that. So super excited to be with you guys today and welcome back to Pike Club, everyone. Yeah. yeah, welcome. And my name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. And my passion is educating and empowering small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. Um, I do this a couple different ways, primarily through my accounting company called Likes Accounting Company full service accounting company where we can do nasty bookkeeping tasks for home service companies and kind of play that translator to help understand what's the story that my numbers are telling. Um, I also have a window cleaning, gutter cleaning company in Northern California that I'm the CEO of and uh, a bunch of other side hustles and businesses in the home service space that I that I like to leave just for my bio. But I met Justin uh, on a Zoom call that I missed. I was late for because I was at a conference and I was like 10 minutes late and a mess. And I was like, Let's just reschedule this. I am not in the right mindset for this. Um, but he and I connected over this window cleaning business passion and then also profit first. So both of us are profit first professionals. And um, this idea of like, prioritizing profitability while in growth mode, which is so difficult to do. And, um, and, you know, on this mission to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty and really help home service business owners, like have something to show for all their, you know, their sweat equity and their hard work. So um, it's been really fun. Daniel came into, sorry, Justin came into my mastermind group uh, last month, last week, last month. I feel like I've been talking about Profit First forever and I had a million messages at the end of the class. It was like, wow, I love the way he explained it. I was like, sometimes you just need to hear it from somebody else. So I'm really excited to have him. And then this is my first time meeting Daniel, but he has been hyped. So we're excited to have him as well. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. 
And hey guys, I'm Michelle Myers, co-owner of Pink Collars. We do remote admin services for your home service business. I'm also the proud co-owner of Wise Coatings, which we do floor coatings, so a little bit in common there. And I am a systems wacko. I love systems. I love seeing patterns and identifying how to solve those problems for home service businesses. So I feel like we're going to have a little bit in common. Um, I'm thrilled to meet both of you. Welcome to Fight Club. Thank you. Awesome. So I guess Martha, we'll share that Martha is away at um, the Quality Driven Conference in New Orleans, getting ready for all of us to descend upon her later today. Um, and that is the, the premier conference for home service business owners looking to scale and grow. Um, the topics that are going to be covered this week, just a plug. I mean, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be session planning, tax planning, uh, disaster planning, like it's going to be a really high level intense brain exercise. I've been trying to rest up for it because I know my brain's going to fire in like 24 hours. So Martha, <laughs> we miss you and we'll see you in, in the easy soon. Yes. So I get to steal y'all first and I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn on a couple ideas. I'm kind of pulling a Megan right now. Um, <laughs> normally I come out with just one question, but I kind of feel like we can talk about a couple different things when it comes to the marketing because you guys are very much growth minded with the business and marketing plays a role in that, right? There is a way that marketing does play into helping grow the business in a advertising front. So my question is, would you guys like to talk about kind of some strategies to growth minded marketing tactics, or would we like to talk about, um, you know, strategies when it comes to being growth minded in marketing, but also being profitable? Because I think that's where the difference can be that a lot of business owners don't tend to look at is we can talk about all the fun, pretty marketing stuff all we want. But I think looking at it from a profitability standpoint, and I know I might be stepping on your toes a little bit, Megan, I'm sorry, but oh, you're good. I'm taking notes. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> I that might be um, a really cool area to kind of dive into. So I'll let you guys kind of pick yeah. what kind of sings to you more, but um, yeah. those are kind of my options. Um, do you, you mind if I lead off real quick? Yeah. So um, yeah, nothing stinks like waste of money on marketing, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, I was just talking to a business owner the other day and he was like, hey, what's what to do first, this, that, the other. And um, I was like, well, let's let's talk about who are you? Who, who are you trying to be in your space? What's your messaging? Um, and, you know, just a quick plug to um, StoryBrand. I don't know if you guys are familiar, um, mm -hmm. but just trying to understand, like, do do we really understand our ideal clients problems? Um, and then do we not only understand their problems and just kind of do a quick segue into, okay, I'm the solution. I'm the hero for you. Let's go. But do, can we feel the pain that they feel? Mm. You know what I mean? So not just really moving straight into problem solving, but really trying to make sure that you understand the pain and then start to talk about how you have a solution to the problem, but don't cut it short there talk about what outcome you want to generate as well. So, you know, just trying to think through it um, a little bit more holistically on your messaging and not get buried in the details so much. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of generalizing a little bit because I know we have a lot of a lot of different people that are listening, but um, just really thinking about this. That's kind of our paradigm that we kind of run things through in our messaging is, you know, what's the problem, but then what pain does it cause? Then talk about, 
um, solving that problem, but don't stop there. What is the ultimate outcome? Um, because you can dump a lot of money into marketing, but if you if your message isn't connecting, you're not going to be profitable, right? Because it's going to fall on deaf ears. So that's one way that we connect profit and, and marketing. Absolutely, and and I'm such I'm really big on empathy myself, and that's something that. I feel like can be very much missed in the marketing and sales process because we, a lot of business owners are just very much sales mindset. Normally, especially if they're owner operators start with, we're wanting to bring sales in, wanting to grow that side of things. But there is such a difference when you lead with an empathetic sales tactic versus leading with just a sales pitch to, in my opinion, personally, I mean, I, when I know someone's listening to my problems, they're listening and actually hearing what I'm saying and then also agreeing and saying, no, that sucks. Like, that's not good. Like, we need to fix that. We need to change these things for you and make sure you are, you know, you don't have a leaky roof or your toilet isn't running the whole time or you don't have mold on your walkway because you're pregnant and you could slip and fall. You know, like there's things that when you hear those answers and responses as a client, it takes that level of the sales process to a whole nother, um, I don't know, a different world, in my opinion. It makes it so much easier, too. You're, it's so much easier on the business owner or your sales team to close that lead in the long run because you've connected on a level that is not just money based anymore. We're connecting on a level of emotion and understanding. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So as far as it's funny that you said in the beginning that he had asked you kind of where to start, right? Because that's where I think a lot of questions come from in marketing. There's so many things out there. There's you know, Google local service ads, you have your Google ads, you have your SEO, you have social media. I mean, there's a million different bright, fun colored items being thrown in your face four <laughs> seven. And it is a matter of navigating who you are first and then taking that step and picking where to go next and where to take that message. So have you found that there's like a general place that a lot of these messages tend to get, um, tend to work very well on like a certain platform or a specific marketing channel that they tend to be heard and understood a little bit better than others? Well, coming out of like home service and I think about window cleaning and pressure washing. And so any, any type of home service, I mean, I've done everything under the sun, it feels like to market the business, you know, digital stuff. Um, but you know, direct mail, uh, relying heavily on word of mouth. We've had referral programs. We've had a lot of things and it, Really, I, I, my, I, all of them can be successful on some level, but my advice on that is really just have a, have a plan, have a strategy where let's say I'm doing six different things. I'm going to, I'm going to track the ROI or two of those outlets, maybe after, after six months. And I already know going in, I'm out of these six things, two are off the table. So whether I'm doing next door stuff, something with Angie or something with uh, Facebook leads or SEO or something. I'm just going to, I'm going to keep the top four, maybe get rid of the bottom performing two, And then I'm going to attempt, I'm going to explore with one or two more options. So I've always got like, if 80% of my budget hopefully is going toward what I know is based on a track record, I'm still going to spend maybe 20% of my budget trying a couple things that I've maybe never done before, but I know I've heard about or I've always thought about maybe that could work. And so just having that a little bit of an exploration budget 
along with emphasizing the vast majority on proven track records. Now, if you're just started, like you asked, where do I even start? Honestly, you just gotta, you gotta kind of put a few things out there. Don't, don't put all your eggs in one basket. So I would say, yeah, maybe pick four or five avenues, whether it's a public and, and broad, broaden it out. If you've got a, if you want to spend, you know, 2000 a month on marketing, take $500 and just put it in each of these categories and start to see what's happened. Start to see where the response is, what people are gravitating towards, where the return is. So make it a little bit scientific in that I'm going to, I have a theory, this might work. I'm going to test it, but I'm going to come back to the results and not just go off an assumption because the phone's ringing. I'm going to actually, I'm going to actually uh, investigate what's my top performing things and be okay to let things go. Be okay to say that we tried it. It didn't work. Let, let it go. I think those are such key points because you tied it right back to profitability, right? We talked, you went, we went from saying these are we're running six different avenues, which I, again, is very much a recommended option. We can't put all of our eggs in one basket. It's not something that is going to be, you know, very profitable or uh, sustainable in the long run. And when you look at that aspect of it, we have six different avenues. Now we're able to evaluate and say, okay, Google ads is working great, but Facebook ads is kind of slacking off. It's not doing as well. We got to get rid of the thing that's not working. That's not profitable for the business. Because at the end of the day, we don't want, as business owners, we don't want to be spending all of our time and effort into something that isn't working. And if you are new into the business, this is your first time kind of starting a business, if that's where you're at, most likely your hands in the marketing bucket at this point. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be spending all that time in something and on a specific lead generation process that isn't going to lend the results that you're looking for. Granted, we do need to still test them, but once we get into that testing period and it's up and over with and we see it's not working, pull the trigger, get rid of it. It's okay. It's not, we can always come back at a different point in time and retest things from a different angle. We're not saying it has to be gone forever, but at this point, it's not working for you and your business. So a reevaluation of how to move that forward is very important. And what I like too is it is very much when it comes to marketing, you do have to have to, again, tying back to um, what we said in the beginning is knowing the story of who you are and tying that into the message is just as important. If we're not tying that into the message across these channels, we can't really know either whether or not they're working from the core of who we are as a business. Because if we're slacking on that end, say Facebook has a very good message, but Google ads doesn't, then we can't really compare them fully because we're not really putting the proper messaging out there across all channels. So all of this really does interconnect at the end of the day and knowing who we are as a business and who we want to be within our community and then representing that with on, within the channels online as well as, you know, on paper, I mean, there's a million different ways nowadays. You guys know what I'm referring to, but knowing how we can be able to re relay that message effectively to our clients is super important. So um, I guess I'll give you guys kind of one last question here since I do have to wrap up soon, but overall, is there something in marketing that you guys have seen recently that has been really effective for business owners outside of kind of the messaging and really being able to evaluate how the marketing is effectively working for them? Yeah, so I, I just, I'd maybe put a plug in for, we all know how important 
you know, Google reviews are, and I think social media has become such a thing. We've had, I've, I've struggled with my businesses on some social media platforms in the last couple of years, whereas maybe four or five years ago, it seemed to be a little bit more positive. So there's just so much going into those channels that for me personally, it just hasn't worked that well lately, but Google reviews and then really trying to maximize what is the opportunity out there for my existing customers, my past customer list. It's almost like when I run the numbers and I start thinking about what I've spent money on and what's got the best return, almost all, almost always it, it goes back to going back to my client base or some type of referral mechanism of really you know, trying to get those same customers back if you're in an industry or a service where, you know, it's repetitive and they need your business over time. The ROI on, on efforts towards those, that list of people is almost always going to be greater and higher than just kind of going out to the masses and then thinking creatively, okay, um, you know, what can I do to maximize that even more? And so there's, there's a number of services out there where you can send gifts you can send cards you can send little little things like that and really the that's that's what i would say the return on some of those efforts is just much much stronger than let's say just a very broad facebook campaign that's been my experience yeah. absolutely i can talk might, about it for a while if i just add one thing maybe maybe some of your listeners um would be interested in adding uh, business to business marketing to their business to consumer business model, right? So um, that's I, I, one thing I just, it, it may not be as popular, but I would say don't underestimate the power of the phone. Um, you could call, like, say, for instance, if you're a trade or um, you, you could, you can call a contract, you know, a general contractor's office, a builder, a remodeler. And just say, hey, I'd love to come do a lunch and learn with your team. And um, that may sound a little intimidating, but I mean, hey, we're all putting our pants on the same way. Like we can, you know, we, we're all humans. Like you don't have to, you don't have to go in there and be super polished. You literally just go in there and say, I want to add value to this organization. I'm professional. Um, I have experience. I want to treat your team and just ask questions. You don't have to just go in there and start vomiting about, you know, all of your team. You really just start out with just saying, hey, what are the three most common pain points that you're experiencing with a trade like mine? And they will tell you the problems that they're that they're experiencing, which will then you need to then say, well, what what pain does that cause? Right. Mm -hmm. so getting back to what we were talking about earlier. Absolutely. Um, and then you could say. What do you think that's costing you per year mm. or just costing you per month? Get them to monetize that problem and that pain and then talk about how you could solve it. And you get the room talking versus you talking the whole time. And it can be really powerful. And then if you add that business consumer type workflow onto, I mean, business to business type workflow on top of your business to consumer, it'll bring some more um, stability, some more consistency. Uh, if you're used to kind of a, a seasonal, you know, peaks and valleys, um, that may be something that I know that may not work out for everyone that's listening, but maybe somebody is like, you know what, I, I want to try that. And I would just say, don't underestimate the, the, the power of the phone 
you'll schedule more than you ever thought you could by just calling the office and saying, I'd love to bring in some subs for the team. Mm. My brain immediately went realtors too, like immediately. I was like, that's so many service business owners can be able to connect with realtors and that does impact the closing of a sale. So that's something that you can immediately be able to monetize. But I, I property managers, like something we really leaned into this winter was these relationships with property managers who maybe are in a network that has a vendor network. And so you get one property and the next thing you know, you have requests for bids for 15 and they're all, you know, five figures and some of them, seven figures, like they're big jobs. And it just took some nurturing with pies and, you know, cookies and lunches and, and donuts and yeah. And my growth guy, he loves that. He's like, I feel like we can bring him food. Like that's really fun for me. It's not, it's not as scary. Um, I think the picking up the phone is a scary part. If Martha's here, she'd be making all sorts of faces because she's like terrified of the phone. Yeah. <laughs> but find some in your company who's not like and give them a challenge, give them a mission to do that. Sorry, yeah. Tay, I totally just. Oh, hyped. I love it. It's It was perfect because I'm ready to transition to you because I could talk about that for the rest of the show. So I'm probably going to sit quiet and uh, not say anything more. <laughs> Well, so I want to keep going on this discussion of prioritizing profitability while in growth mode. Um, I had like a pretty intense email that I woke up to this morning from a client who just was like, I can't like, you know, the wheels are falling off the bus. Like my boss is saying, you know, it takes money to make money. I've got to spend on the ad spend in order to get the phone ring. I need the lead volume up where it is. And yet, you know, yesterday we had a meeting and it was like, I'm not going to grow for the sake of growing. Like I want to have profitability at the end of the day to show for my hard work. So um, you guys are branded as Growth Hub and yet you're a profit first professional firm. So like talk to us a little bit about how are you juggling those two things? Because we know we know that this is true. It does take money to make money, but we also like, I don't know, I've always said I'm much more interested in running a million dollars, super profitable, like pulling six figure distributions off every quarter business than I am in running a $10 million business where I'm not even paying myself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The analogy I've always heard, Megan, with that is, you know, if you think about an airplane, the takeoff and what it takes to get the airplane off the ground, something that weighs, you know, tons and tons, it takes a lot more fuel to get it up than it does at cruising speed, even when it's going faster and covering more territory. And that always, I always thought about that. This was even before I got introduced to Profit First and kind of went down that path. And in some, that is true, right? I mean, it takes a lot of energy to get something off the ground, but the, sometimes it just leads to this mindset where it's like the, the next, the next level is ultimately where I'm going to become profitable. And there's just an excuse after excuse quarter after quarter or year after year to say, if we hit that benchmark. And the problem with that is it's like chasing your tail. You know, it's like, it's like, does it actually, do you actually get there? Does it, do we actually get to a place where we just all of a sudden show up one day and we hit, we finally hit that number and all of a sudden we're profitable. And a lot of times that's just not the case because we haven't built in the habit of prioritizing profits. So uh, when I was first introduced to Profit First, that idea just kind of struck in my mind because I was uh, coaching franchises at the time. And there were, you know, some that some of our largest franchises had the lowest amount of profits at times. And so just really saw that pattern where, um, yeah, you want to be realistic with what it takes to get a business off the ground. But you, you, 
you don't want to just continue to perpetuate this idea that I'm a year away or two years away. You want to bake in profitability into the business, which is what Profit First teaches. So well, we do go ahead. The, I, Mike says that in the book, he's like, and I, if you're a listener, you're lying to yourself if you don't believe this, but like just this next big sale yeah. or this next, like this, I, I don't know how many times a day I'm like, well, in accounts receivable, I've got all this. And I'm like, okay, well, you're always going to have accounts receivable. That's like, unless you're in a commercial business and it's very cyclical, like cash flow wise, that's not an excuse for profitability. And mm -hmm. it, it's really hard to balance. Uh, last year at the quality driven conference, we did a profit first panel. Um, and it was so fun because we had five seven figure business owners who were running profit first five different ways up in the front of the room. And one of them, uh, Paul August, I'm talking to you. He was talking about like how he prioritized marketing in his profit first strategy. Um, and it was really cool because he would earmark his marketing spend in his profit first strategy so that like it didn't affect profitability and he didn't use it as an excuse, but he always had it there to spend to scale when he was in growth mode. Um, and I thought that was so interesting. Like there's lots of hybrid ways that we can run a profit first system. Uh, do you guys have any recommendations for that? Like when you have an owner who like they genuinely, cause this comes up, right? You genuinely don't have enough sales to break even. Like you, you are not, do you say let's lean up? Do you say like, let's get out that red marker and cut expenses? Or do you help them get over that, like that next phase? Like in window cleaning, I, this is something that comes up a lot from like two trucks to four trucks is a big jump. And like, they're just gonna take a lot of overhead to go from two trucks to four trucks. So what do you guys recommend for that? For those business owners who are like, I just need to fill that fourth truck and then everything will be golden. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, it, sometimes sales is the problem, but you know, you want to really be realistic with what that looks like. So if you have this idea that I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and buy all the equipment, and I'm just gonna anticipate, it's like, how about sell it and then build it? You know, how about sell it first? And so, if you've proven I've got, I, I've got this much scheduled out, like I'm six weeks booked out on my schedule. Um, and I, I actually have seen this. People have, you know, scheduled work that they don't even have the equipment or the resources to do at the moment. I just like that a little better because once it's on the books, I mean, I'm not saying that's not going to be a crazy weekend or you're going to have to scramble to get, get everything loaded up and get all the equipment and stuff. But just that mindset, you know, don't take it to the 11th hour, but that mindset of I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to go ahead and prove that I need this infrastructure. I need this additional equipment or uh, even a hiring situation. Like I, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and push out my sales far enough and in a comfortable enough way. And just that mindset shift of sell then build, because a lot of times sales is, you know, we do need more sales. It is, it is hard to be profitable at a, at a low number and, and you, and you feel that tension that's normal, but uh, use that, use that sort of frustration of being in that spot, not to just go into debt or buy a bunch of stuff, use it to get out and sell and, and actually build the business. Yeah. I love that. I feel like this is why we have different, like, um, like it's just good synergy. I, there's so often when I'll go toe to toe with someone, I'm like, sales are not the answer. Like I'm thinking of Tommy, he says it all the time. You can just sales this, you got to fix it. Sales is the solution. I'm like, yeah, but if you know if you're not profitable to start with you're just gonna end up with a bigger headache and a bigger mess and 
I like to say that sometimes sales are the easy part, right? Like making money is easy. Keeping money mm. is hard, right? Like doing it lean, yeah. doing it without like that email this morning, doing it without spending a ton of advertising spend and, you know, dipping into your owner's pocket is the hard part. Um, Daniel, you've been quiet. Do you want to share? <laughs> that? I was just going to say like, you're, you're going to scramble either way, right? So pick your scramble. Um, you've probably heard people use kind of that, that paradigm of like, you know, it's going to be hard to go this way, or it's going to be hard to go that way. Just pick your hard. And, um, if you do pre-sell and then, you know, make your, your purchases for, for production, whatever it may look like. Um, yeah, like you're saying, it's good. It's going to be tough, but it's going to be a lot. It's going to be much more energizing than the anxiety ridden, just kind of just white knuckle that you have to other way so um if i was going to pick my scramble i would do that one yeah i love it michelle you're like yeah i michelle she's done profit first she's been through these growth struggles she's in startup mode of a new business so i'm gonna pass to you and let you just go for it because i i can watch your I am, I am so fired up i mean honestly daniel i feel like you were on the walk with me last night with my husband when I get super stressed out about my business, I grab him and we just start walking, right? And it helps me just kind of like churn through what I need to get out. Yeah. Um, he also is a business owner. So for us, we have to get out of the house to like talk about that kind of work stuff to keep it separate from our marriage. And that's, that's a whole other thing. But anyway, oh, it's yeah. but it's funny because I have a very famous pair of show shoes. The girls here have seen them. And today I actually worn them so that I could fall back in love with my business. And so I actually have these on today as a reminder that I'm not really stuck and it's not really that bad and it's okay. So for those business owners like me, cause I'm kind of right there who feel like they've plateaued, right? You feel like you're kind of like coasting and it's not going up, it's not going down. It's just kind of staying the same. And for people like me, that's really hard. What can you share that may ha you have hiding on your website that you could help other business owners that may not have a pair of show shoes? <laughs> that was a lot, but go ahead. Um, I think, you know, mindset is so important, right? Um, I mean, it was probably about seven or eight years ago I was really, I was confronted with my small think. Hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Um, and um, I think that like once you like once you start thinking bigger, and I'm not talking about an ego-driven kind of you, know, you don't want to be around that type of person type way, but just like no, there's there's more in me than I really realize, and I can do more, and I think. The, the beginnings of that is, I know this sounds really basic and it may not be that deep, but literally writing down your goals every morning and, and what you lose. So like not just every morning, but like writing them down every morning and when you lose um, can really kind of get your mind back where it needs to be because what you think about becomes what you talk about and what you talk about became, becomes the things that you start doing. And, um, you know, it's not a cure all for everything. There's always nuances and circumstances, 
But in my life, I can see where whatever it may be, it may be circumstances, but a lot of times it's my own think that will keep me down. Um, and so just some exercises like that will trigger positive, let's just call it brain fluid that goes into your mind so we don't have to get into all the neuroscience, but really rush all those positive thoughts into your mind and push out the negative and it'll get you to be able to operate and be more effective as a leader than you would be without that type of um, program in your life, if that makes sense. No, I love it. And I mean, I'm on your website now and I like that you have a bunch of tools. It feels to me almost like a roadmap when I look at this, right? It's like videos and then there's going to be an assessment and a coaching. Is that process, because I'm kind of the systems nerd, is that process part of opening up somebody's mindset? Just that third party looking at kind of their business? Because I know that could be scary for some people. Tell people how you walk them through that process from the website. That would help me. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we have this um, just something we do with clients is walk them through what we call a same page tool and it's designed for teams. And the idea is like, let's get everybody on the same page. And the same page tool is really it starts with the values, the kind of the vision and values of the business. Like what are the core, what are, what are the like essential qualities of this business that aren't necessarily like, they kind of go beyond even profit. They're just like, what is at the core of the business? And sometimes going back to that is what we need to activate our energy because we think about the why. Yeah. Like there's just, there's so much complexity and chaos, but what we tend to do as business owners is we just get into it and we're just running from one thing to the next and our schedule fills up yeah. and we're starting to be reactive without even knowing it because business and life is just happening to us. So we back up and we say, okay, what is your why? And there's a great book, Start With Why, which is where I've, I've just gleaned a lot of that, but it's, um, you know, this idea that if you if you're starting to let lose energy personally or in the business, you got to go back to that. You got to go back to why am I here? What's my purpose? And what's my and then but we don't stop there because we want to go from that to, OK, what is a what is a BHAG, you know, big, very audacious goal? Like, what is that thing that's actually out there that's like, I wonder if we could become that? Hmm write it down and talk about it and focus on it. And then you go from there to say, okay, that might be five years out or maybe even 10 years out. But if I'm going to even attempt that, what is, where do I need to be in three years? Yeah. And then I say, where do I need to be in one year? But you see that our tendency in life is to go, what do I need to do today? <laughs> and the next thing, and it, it, it actually sucks a lot of energy out of us as business owners. So just, just, breaking that cycle and starting with the why and then going to the thinking as far out as you can think and say, what could possibly be? And just spend some time thinking about it. There's not been a situation where that hasn't produced clarity, energy, you know, just because yeah. it's, so, it's what we need. It's what we're oftentimes missing. And so that's part of what we help clients. We want to walk them through that. Yeah. And, you know, full transparency. We got, we, we weren't doing this well a couple months ago, just to be honest with you. I mean, here we are. We're supposed to be the consultants, right? Um, <laughs> we had a the other day and we got back on the same page on some things and it was revolutionary. 
I mean, just the energy, the um, just ideas and, and the focus, I think was really important because ideas are easy, right? But execution yeah. is everything. So then we started like, okay, let's do this. And getting back on the same page, we talk about it a lot, but like, are we, we got to do it too. So, um, so yeah, I, I love that you brought that up. You guys were both clearly on my walk last night. I think has, my husband and I called it getting back to basics. I think that was like the wrap up when we walked back in the house. We just looked at each other and we were like, okay, back to basics. And I think you're absolutely right because we can get lost in the day to day and we can get lost in new systems or new apps or new social media outlets or new stuff. And it can be really easy to slide into that instead of going to back to basics and just kind of revisiting what got you where you were, right? Absolutely. So I'm 100% there. Okay, so tell me a little bit, now that we know that there's a roadmap for people, um, and I think Megan put the website, tell me a little bit about personal income, because that can be a scary thing for people. I'm not stepping on your toes, Megs, but personal income for the business owner. Can you help identify what that box is so that people that might be visionaries or think outside of the box can stay in the box? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah, I think that's one of the buckets within profit. the Profit First system is owner's compensation and thinking about, you know, really what's, what's an appropriate percentage. And so we see people on all different sides of things, but I'd say more often than not, people... Uh, don't pay themselves a fair market salary as a business owner. And um, maybe they're, they just, they're doing that hoping one day, or if I can get to that next point, or maybe they're taking distributions and they might run some things like vehicles and cell phones through the business. And some of that is fine, but really just trying to identify what's, what's an appropriate percentage for my income and just, instead of just reactively thinking about it, let's map it out. There's actually an exercise in, in the Profit First book where it's like, we're going to reverse engineer. Um, Mike Michalowicz likes to use that, the author of Profit First. We're going to say, for me to hit this, for me to hit this income, this salary amount, sure. what, is, what does the business need to produce? What percentage would allow that? And just try to, try to you know, like Daniel said, you, at first you might have to just think, it might just be a thought, but that thought's not going to stay as a thought if you put it on paper and you start to it activate some energy to say, OK, that's where I want to be. Yeah. Now, how am I going to get there? And so it, I literally of, did that yesterday. Sorry to say, no, I literally did that yesterday because um, I have a lot of different revenue sources. And so my husband and I sat down and I always say, like, start with the family budget and you should be feeding your family first. Like your family should be the priority. And. So we like redid our budget because since frugal February, there's uh, <laughs> who participated, uh, we have really cut our family spending. And um, so we redid the family budget. And then like we went through and we're like, okay, so which businesses is this going to come from? And we redid that part. And then mm -hmm. we did not change our percentages uh, because we have a flat owner's comp percentage in our profit first things. But we did a change our salaries from those owner's comp accounts. So Justin, I love that timing because... I feel like I often say, okay, how much do you need? Let's start there yeah. and then talk to your family and keep it within that budget. Like don't dip into the piggy bank of the business to go to Disneyland or something like put your family on a budget and then work backwards from that. Um, sorry to cut you off, Justin, but I like, I'm so excited. Cause I was like, I literally did the, I have it in my focus planner for Monday of like, 
how much do we need? And then where are we going to get it from? That's cool. I love that. I love that. Um, and last but not least, a system I think that I love is, again, on your website, this debt reduction plan. I think a lot of us had um, loans and we had PPP money, right, a couple of years ago. Some people had more cash flow than maybe they have this year. And maybe they're looking at debt for the first time in their business. That might be something that you're seeing out there. How do you kind of strategize about debt and how can you help like a business owner attack that, which might be kind of scary? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, you know, the profit first mentality is a lot of times if we're proactive and intentional with our money, debt becomes, you know, we, we want to build a healthy business. We don't want to rely on debt. We don't want to lean on debt. And a lot of business owners are overly leveraged and they're leaning too heavy into debt. And really, it's just an easy alternative at times because getting a loan is easier than fixing the business or growing the business or producing health within the business. So uh, those are tough conversations um, because it really is going to take a commitment to lessen the debt load. But if you've gotten to a point where there's just enough uh, pain and frustration and people kind of get fed up with it, that's generally, it's like, okay, I'm ready to deal with this. But it's that idea that instead of, uh, you know, it instead of taking the easy path now and taking the pain later, I'm going to do the hard thing now so that the, later on it becomes easier. And debt, in my mind, is, is sometimes used inappropriately because it's an easy it's easy today but it's hard tomorrow and we want to flip that we want to do the hard stuff now we want to find out what's what's actually causing the lack of profitability and then saying let's fix that instead of just sort of punting this out into the future well i gotta say you guys have built a beautiful what i can see as a system and the fact that you were both in home service space gives you that credibility so that you're really going to understand the pain that some of our listeners might be in. So thank you. That was awesome. I'm going to pass you back to Tay for some homework. Oh, I'm gonna, can I throw in a commercial for us? Well, of course you can. Let's do it. <laughs> so we have put together a, um, and I think this is perfect because Daniel, you can help us talk about the pain points that we're solving. Mm -hmm. um, but the three of us have put together a profit first implementation class. So Ooh. we're going to start on May 18th. And we're going to walk you through setting up Profit First in your business over the course of six weeks. Every week, do your homework. And by the end of the six weeks, uh, I'm Justin and I feel like we're brilliant. We timed it so <laughs> in the end of the quarter so we can actually celebrate with you the difference in your business at the end of the quarter. Because I like to say in Profit First, like you're going to leave all your allocations alone until the end of the quarter and then we get to celebrate. So we've timed it so we can celebrate together. And, and it, it's designed for people who uh, I know come to me all the time. And like, I, I read the book. I've been wanting to do it. I kind of do it. I'm half-assing it, like <laughs> not really doing it. So we put together this course to help them really do it. And we're going to use the three of our brains and all of the case studies we have about Profit First to kind of run this. Um, yeah. So Daniel, Justin, do you want to throw in your like sales pitch for what we're building? So cool. I I think you shared it very well, that Megan. Was, that was pretty well. I mean, yeah, we might have to capture that. And, okay. you know, 
So, so sometimes people get afraid. They're like, you know, especially if you have a consulting company, like I used to do profit first consulting at Likes Accounting. Growth Hub does a lot of profit first implementation and consulting. And people are like, why would you teach it when, you know, it's better just to work one on one. And, and what I found is that there's so many business owners that have started or maybe they opened the accounts or maybe they got stuck and they haven't opened the accounts or maybe they like they've read the book or they they read half the book and and they're just stuck. And so I love this power of community and accountability where like every week you can get into a cadence and you know that like there's going to be a cohort of people who are like, well, why didn't you go to the bank this week? You had seven days. Like, why didn't you go like, Go open those accounts? And then doing the hard stuff like um, I love because I have my curriculum and then Justin and Daniel have their curriculum. And you guys have a class that I'm super excited about. And it was like profit. Oh, what was it called? Every week. I'm going to pull it up. Well, you guys, every week we're like using our like, you know, greatest hits of profit first implementation to help you kind of do the thing, which is ultimately if you've done profit first successfully at the end of a year, you will have increased your net profit by 4%, which can be huge for a small business, right? A profit booster. That's what I was thinking of. Like, I don't even know what that class is, but I want to sign up just to take the profit booster class. Um, yeah. Anything else? Anything else I missed? No, it's great. Yeah, it's just a place and it's a safe place. It's not a place for people that you, you know, financial stuff feels, you know, you kind of start feeling exposed and vulnerable mm -hmm. at times, but it's a safe place to just come and learn and listen and interact, but it's not, no one's going to be put in the spotlight of, you know, you know, we want to, we want to create a safe place where you, you can start to explore the profit first, or like Megan said, maybe you're doing it, but you just need that extra nudge and community. A lot of times change happens better when we're connected with people and we feel like, all right, I'm just not the only one doing this. So we want to create a little bit of that community through that class. So if you're listening and that's something that you, you think my business really should be more profitable, it's been a pain point for a while, jump into the class. We'll help you out. And one of the things I love about when we built this class, which we did a couple months ago, um, is we not only did the curriculum and the syllabus, but we did the homework assignments so that we would end up with the correct end result. And that I've never done, I've never created a class that way where I was that thoughtful about like, what, what does success look like at the end of this course and at the end of every week of this course? So I'm looking at our little cheat sheet now and I'm so excited because we're going to, we're going to help you cancel stuff. We're going to help you trim the fat and cut your expenses. We're going to show you our favorite places to do that. We're going to help you with the bank accounts. And a lot of people are like, I don't really know what percentages I should do. Well, Justin and Daniel are really good at that. Like, we're going to help you figure out what percentages you should start with. Um, and then at the end, we're going to celebrate because you're actually going to have money hidden from yourself in bank accounts at the end of this class. So um, this is the link uh, in the show notes for the waitlist, And then we'll be dropping the link for the actual registration of the class later this week. And um, I just wanted to get that in there because people have been begging for years to do a class. And I need to meet Justin and Daniel in order to be willing to do it. So here we are, and I'm super excited about it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, good. That's exciting. It is. So I guess at this point, we are going to go into homework. So Justin, Daniel, you guys are more than welcome to add some homework here at the end. We will go ahead and kind of show you guys how it's done here in the beginning. Um, for listeners, just a reminder, homework is a lot. We're about to give you four to five pieces of homework. And that is a lot to do within one week. We want you to be able to put into action what you listened to today. There's a lot of amazing things that were discussed on the podcast today. So 
putting this into action is very important and choosing one piece of homework is how we do that. So make sure you just choose one piece that really spoke to you. We will um, also post our accountability group in the comments here just to make sure if you do have questions or need help with the homework that that is there for you as well. Um, but yeah, so I'll start with some marketing homework and I feel like we have talked a lot. I feel like I always talk a lot about your customer avatar and knowing your message and knowing who you are as a business. But the piece this week that I really want to focus a little bit more on is the empathy within your message, right? So knowing how to really connect with your clients through that level of empathy and understanding and really putting your feelings into it. I know that can be scary for people and that's something that is not always kind of the first instinct sometimes for business owners. We kind of, like we said before, we want to sell, we want to get the job on the books, completely understandable. But to be able to build that real relationship and a relationship that's going to last a lifetime, that comes with starting with a level of empathy and understanding. And that's what I want to challenge you to do this week is when someone comes to you via phone call or you're comes to your salesperson or talks to you in the field or whatever the case may be on an estimate, make sure you ask them how that's making them feel. Like, how is this really impacting your life? How is my roof leaking really causing this problem to be so detrimental for my family? Because that shows them that you care and it shows them that you really do want to help them to get this resolved. And it's not just more money and green on the books for you. So that's my challenge for you this week is really, really dive into some empathy, dive into some real just like feelings. And I know that's scary, but I'm all here for it. And I'm here to support you guys if you need it. I love that. I have been building an epic Zapier thing. Uh, I thought you were going to head into marketing ROI and I've really been struggling with it. Um, I'm close, but. Stay tuned. ChatGPT is helping me write. Ah, my I should have known that. <laughs> Very excited about it. Um, I want to talk about, uh, you know, growing for growth sake. So I think we're all coming out of winter, like the phones are ringing, we're headed into spring, and maybe we're looking or licking our wounds a little bit about the amount of debt that we had to take on this winter, or like the fact that we just came out of one or two or three months of unprofitable months like not your fault if you live in a very cold place where you've had to shut down um and so I, i'd like us to really think about you know what is the goal for this year i've had several meetings this week where i've redone budgets or forecasts for people where maybe they started the year really optimistic and then the winter went longer it went differently and i'm giving them permission i'm like it's okay to change the goal like it's okay to change the forecast um but we have to right side this so if you if you're recovering losses from the first part of the year, like how are you going to build that so that you end up at a net profit place that you're proud of, like even as early as July, even as early as second quarter. Um, so that's what I'm going to challenge you to do this week is really look at what was the goal for 2023 and where do you need to adjust um, and where do you need to cut? Like I like what Justin said. Sometimes you're just, you know, it's easier to take on the debt. But let's do the hard today. Choose your hard. Like, let's do the hard part today, which is cut those expenses. So that's going to be my challenge for you this week in your fight for homework. Yay, I love that one. And my uh, fight club homework is um, check out Growth Hub's website where there's an incredible just roadmap. It's a system that they've already built on how to get this action in your business and or go to Megan's course. It's awesome. I'm going to put the link in the uh, in the Facebook group. 
And, you know, make this a priority in your business. We did profit first in Wise Coatings, and it legitimately changed the, about, uh, the ability for us to get that company launched. So I truly believe it does work. So that's your homework for this week. Awesome. Justin, you know, would you guys like to give some homework? I feel, I feel unqualified to give homework. In oh, group. don't say that. <laughs> You're a teacher. Weren't you a math teacher? You're totally qualified to give homework. We just get the caveat that they may not do your homework because we only want them to do one. That's the whole point. We want you to implement and act on one of these things. So, but you can both yeah. give them and we'll have a we'll have a homework off of who's gets yeah, the homework competition starts now. So um I would the, the question I, I I would have you ask yourself as a business owner is, you know. What's in your mind about where you want the business to go? Is it clear to your team? And some homework would be is um, how clear is it to you, first of all, right? Um, but then is that vision also very clear to your team? And just take the steps to, to make sure that everyone is rowing in the same direction this week. And I'll just I'll just add some flavor to that one instead of adding a new assignment. So in doing that, so that means I'll win, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're looking for a little more clarity, just write out a, a 10 year idea, which is designed to be big and bold and yeah. audacious, and then do a three year and then do a one year. And so 10, three and one and just and write it out. Like, where, where do we want our business to be? And make it specific. You know, the, the SMART goals, you know, specific, measurable. We've all heard that. So uh, the one that you kind of get a pass on is the 10-year. If it doesn't feel attainable, I mean, you want it to be remotely attainable, but make it big, yeah. make it bold, make it audacious, and then do 10, 3, and 1. Yeah. And write it down, communicate it, share it, talk to your spouse. Say, this is, this is our business on a one sheet of paper of where we want to go. As a leader, I mean, I'd almost say there's almost nothing more important you can do as to than to set the vision for the team. This is where we're going. So that's good. Love it. Love it. And um, if you're interested in Profit First or keeping your business profitable through growth, please consider signing up for this course. Uh, we're not going to be in the course game, so we're not going to be doing it live a lot. I'm going to say that this is probably the only time we're going to do it live this year. So it's coming up very soon. Um, May 18th is the launch date. And so um, the the waiting list link is here and we'd love to see you in class with us. So. Awesome. And for those of you going to New Orleans, can't wait to see you. Nice. <laughs> in a day. In a day. Awesome. So before we wrap up, if anyone does want to get into contact with you guys, what would be the best way for them to reach out, kind of ask a question or find out more about Growth Hub? Yeah, simply go to our website, growthhub.ac, and go to the contact page. Um, our, we also have our social media links at the bottom of our web page, too. So um, come check us out. Awesome. Thank you. And we always end with a quote, guys. And I figured Mike Michalowicz has tons of them. So we're just going to go ahead and grab one from him. And he says that the question isn't how big the business is but how healthy the business is. Pretty good words from the boss himself. Thanks so much for joining us. Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.